to another instalment of the Justin Insight podcast. As you'll probably all know by now, my name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of films, music and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Uh, just a brief weekly roundup this week as I've been pretty work focused for the last week or so because there's been loads of changes going on in the office where I work. Um, I'll explain a bit more in my outro as to because it will explain for next week's episode and so on and so forth um but yeah managed to get away and go see uh sumac and oxbow up in brighton thanks to my brother so massive shout out to my brother and um, and i'm gonna give him a little more of a plug once again at the end of the show um but yeah he got me tickets uh, for the show for my birthday so both went along to that um and as expected both bands were awesome uh and to be expected with any sort of Aaron Turner band, Sumac were just louder than anything you can expect. But they would also not just that, they were just super tight. Um like between songs they have like little like noise interludes and uh myself and my brother were discussing back to, on the way back to the car. Um just their their timing's just impeccable and they don't miss a note and yeah, they just, they were just incredible. Um as well i was really pleasantly surprised with oxbow i hadn't really listened to much of their stuff ahead of the show um but have since gone back and listened to them because their live presence is really cool their um their vocalist is quite uh I, I can't think of the word but he's he's very sort of um not i, I guess imposing like he's just you kind of you're, you're drawn to him and you can't help but sort of just just be taken by what he's doing on the stage and for the type of music that Oxbow do he's got a un- very unusual voice um, and it just mixes really well so yeah um, if you're un- unaware of them as I was then I'd highly recommend going and check them out um, apart from that uh, I caught up on the latest uh, progress show chapter 47 uh, complicated simplicity um, which I'll have to admit was quite a roller coaster of emotions and um, if you're aware of progress and what they've been doing uh their latest show they said goodbye to quite a few people i won't say who in case you haven't seen it and you want to know um but it's got me really excited for the super strong style 16 tournament that's coming up at the end of the month as well so uh yeah go check out that if you're into your indie wrestling um also i went to see the new uh, guardians of the galaxy film which was really good um i really enjoyed the first one and as a lot of people know it was kind of a bit of an unexpected uh hit to some extent um so i didn't really know what to expect going into this i, I admit work has been a bit piling on so i've been a bit slow on on reading up on my movies recently um so i wasn't really that aware of what what this the volume two was going to be about what the storyline behind it was going to be um but it was really good that they moved the story along really well uh they've added more depth to the characters uh they've introduced new characters as well um and even though the film is based up in space it's not over the top with the marvel styling if that makes sense it's not kind of over the top action all, all the time um that for a marvel film it's very character driven which is really cool um yeah um i'm going to do a review for that so that'll be up on uh, justaninsight.wordpress.com at uh, some point over the week uh, but for now, on to today's episode. Um, we have had our first WWE pay-per-view since WrestleMania, and I was once again joined by my good friend Maz Gambadella to discuss all things payback. 
um, and to give our views on the now probably infamous House of Horrors match. Um, as always with these uh, pay-per-view discussions, there will be spoilers contained within. So if you haven't seen the show yet, please be warned there are spoilers. Um, but with that being said, please enjoy the discussion I have with Maz and I will see you on the other side. So once again, we are at a WWE pay-per-view, the first one since uh, WrestleMania. We've had the superstar shake-up, we've had new faces come to the roster, um, and we have now arrived at WWE Payback. Um, joining me to discuss all things about the pay-per-view is uh, host of the Bantamania podcast and host of the Holy World podcast, Maz Gambadella. Maz, welcome as always. Thank you very much, Tim. Um, I think a lot of people kind of had... Uh, reserved thoughts about payback going into it because there was minimum time for build and I think a lot of it was kind of mixed match but um, in in general what were your kind of thoughts of of the pay-per-view overall? Um, If I'm completely honest I didn't have much as far as um, uh, I don't want to say excitement but I, I didn't really have much going into it like I I wasn't particularly excited about a lot of the matches because a lot of them obviously are rematches from WrestleMania. Um, But I was very intrigued about the House of Horrors match, so I had to watch it just for that Mm. alone. But um, overall, I thought it was was a good pay-per-view, definitely. Yeah, I I think that was kind of my main draw, was just to see what the hell they were going to do with this House of Horrors match, to be be honest. We're going to... We're going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously, you mentioned like the, the Mania rematches. I think, well, obviously, we'll get into the, the nitty gritties of it a bit further on. But I think as far as Mania rematches go, I think both of them were were pretty well done. They were quite, they weren't basically mirror images of what we saw at Mania. So, yeah, I th- for, for me, I, I enjoyed it. I think go, going into it, I was like yourself, not much. Just it was for me. It was just another pay per view. But after it, I, I was quite quite content with how everything went. I think that's the best way to to put it. But um, did did you watch any of the pre show at all? Yes, I watched the pre show. Cool. So if we if we start with the with the pre show, um, obviously the first match that we saw was Enzo and Cass uh, against the club. Um, for me, I have very minimal notes on this just because I think. We've seen these this pairing way too much, like over the past couple of months. Um, they kind of seem to have the same match over and over. Whereas either Gallows or Anderson are just wailing on on Cass, uh, not Cass, sorry, Enzo for the majority of the match. He rallies round, gets the hot tag on Cass, and then that's kind of where we see see the match. But did did you feel any any different with this? Um, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I think uh, this match has kind of been done to death. Uh, you know, with with Enzo and Kaz, I feel like they don't really mix it up enough for yeah. me. Um, obviously, you get Enzo getting beaten down. He gets a hot tag to Big Cass. He comes in, runs, runs through everyone. But um, I did like a few spots that they did that were quite in 
was a bit of um i don't know if you saw i don't know if it was a botch or not but enzo went to get the hot tag to big cast but yeah yeah the referee didn't see it uh so i don't know what happened there yeah i uh, i didn't quite understand what happened there because it looks like he got it and then all of a sudden anderson was like nope and the ref just kind of agreed with him it was very bizarre yeah it kind of lost momentum a little bit for me but um you know it was it was fine though i i enjoyed it for what it was um so yeah i don't know it was uh it was it was fine for me uh i just think they need to i don't know mix it up a bit more with other tag teams in yeah. the division i just i think obviously we'll get into the the main tag match but I still think that they're underutilizing the the use of the club. Like they after Mania, they kind of brought back the whole like being mean and making green thing for all of about two minutes, and now they've just kind of gone back to being almost kind of like the safe hands of of the Raw Tag Division that they're there to kind of put over the new guys. But then every once in a while, they'll look dominant. I mean. We we saw with Raw on the six man tag, like they looked strong taken out Enzo at the beginning of that match, but then it was Anderson that lost to to Rollins in it, and then obviously this match we had them going for the Magic Killer, and then Enzo rolling up Gallows to to get the get the pin. It's, I don't know, like I think both teams need a bit of a bit of a refresher, and I think it it's kind of speaks volumes that both of them were on the pre show in a way. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Anderson and Gallows were the champions, like, in the last pay-per-view, and now they're on the pre-show. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I think you're right, it's, they need to sort of do something new with both these teams. I, th- I still think there's a lot of potential with Enzo and Cass, um, you know, I think I said this in the last review we did, is I'd like to see them go against uh the hardys just to give them a bit more of a rub to be the next i mean this they still haven't been champions yet and they're in the pre-show now so i mean i'm not sure what their thoughts are towards the teams yeah so i'm not sure really but yeah i think that's kind of all, all can really be said about that match to, to be totally honest i'm uh, just i'm just worried that they're gonna just carry on doing their shtick and it's just gonna get played out too much i think there's a problem of overexposure with Enzo and Cass yeah they need to kind of dial them back a bit for them not to get stale so quickly I think it's kind of almost kind of like New Day syndrome with the fact that with New Day was so over and then it just like obviously towards the end of their run on Raw obviously we don't know what they're going to do when they finally appear on Smackdown but it just became ridiculous like with the whole Mm ice lollies or whatever it was but it's it's kind of I get the same feeling with Enzo and Cass like obviously their intro spiel is very uh, kind of new age outlaws sort of thing which is cool mm. but it's it's kind of done to death like I get that their little in between bits can be a little improv and sometimes they are quite funny like the, the bit they did at, at Payback like it was kind of funny but it's just that, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how you'd kind of freshen it up, to, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And even when you talk to like fans that were watching during the Attitude Era and they talk about, oh, yeah, New Age Outlaws were amazing. 
I mean, going back and watching some of that and like their actual career, like you could see that they were kind of by the end of like ninety nine two thousand, it was getting really, really stale, yeah. which is why they kind of teetered out a bit. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, they they need to do something new with maybe some sort of gimmick. To, I don't know. I'm not sure really. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was an okay match. You know, nice way to open up the pay per view. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go, go on to, to Miz TV briefly. Um, they're obviously building Finn to be something incredible. Like he's, I don't know if he's going to be another sort of Cena Reigns thing, but they've obviously got a lot of faith in him. Um, mm. Obviously him kind of dropping a hint that there could be him against Lesnar for the title. I'd be quite interested to see that, to be honest, because it's kind of two old New Japan stars going at it. Um I think I feel sorry for the Miz because I think for the last I know I've said this numerous times, but for the last year he's been hands down one of the best talents that WWE have, and now it's almost like he's just a talk show host. That's kind of his role now. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on Finn? Um, I thought he came off really well. I'll be honest. I think this has probably been the Miz's best year. Yeah. Or- um, I guess yeah I guess it's been about a year so far um, I think the reason why they put him on that segment with The Miz is to kind of feed off his The Miz's rub because he is so kind of over as a heel yeah um, I thought it came off well I mean if we go back to like when Finn first came into the company I could not stand his promos I thought he was really bad not really bad. I just thought it was pretty bland and stale. Yeah, and, no, I get that. Uh, and uh, I thought he came off a lot better uh, in this. Uh, I think The Miz did a great job of kind of putting him over in his kind of heelish way. Um, I'm just a bit gutted that they put him on Raw, uh, The Miz, I mean. Yeah. I mean, if, if honest, I it kept him on SmackDown. I think him getting a win over Orton would have been absolutely brilliant for that brand for him to be that kind of they could have kept the title on him for like months yeah of being that kind of arrogant you know cocky heel champion um but i think for what it was meant to do this segment did really well i mean it was pretty predictable right at the end i loved uh i loved the bit when um he's such a smarmy heel i love it when he <laughs> put his uh when he put maurice in front of him like when finn was about to get him yeah it was, Oh, I popped for that. Yeah. Well, I think because obviously the only bits we've kind of seen of Miz since he's been on Raw uh, confrontations with Ambrose and like, again, I, I agree with you. I think if he stuck around on SmackDown, he'd definitely be in the world title picture rather than still hovering around the IC belt. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Hopefully we'll bigger and better things will come for him as the, as the year progresses. But Obviously, as I, as I mentioned, the kind of tease of potentially Finn and Lesnar. Is that something that you'd, you'd like to see? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think there's a lot of speculation on the internet about whether it's a believable match. I think that's the whole thing with everyone is like, oh, Finn's not believable against Brock and stuff. Um, I mean, a lot of people can just go back to uh, Punk and Brock. You know, that was in the same vein where... A lot of people didn't think it was a believable uh, match to go 
from, but they they that was easily the best match of that SummerSlam card. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think so. Um, I think if they keep building Finn and um, keep building Finn the way that they're doing now, keeping Brock off TV, maybe. I mean, to be honest, he's going to have a limited amount of dates to build anything yeah. up anyway. Um, I think it would be a great main event for like a SummerSlam or a Survivor Series for like one of those big four pay-per-views. Mm. Um, but I don't know what the plan is really because I think I, I, I was under the assumption that Braun would be the next guy to go against um, Brock. Yeah, I... It's it's I think it's in a good way. They're kind of keeping everyone guessing because obviously the tease. Well, whether it's going to wait that long, but everyone's obviously saying Reigns Lesnar for for Mania. Yeah. Whether that's for the belt or not, we don't know. But it would kind of make sense because then that would be the final kind of big push for Reigns again, I, I suppose. But as you say, they've booked Braun so strong that you'd like to kind of see him and, and Lesnar go at it as well. But it's I, I like that there's no definitive challenger to Brock at the moment. And I, I think as long as Brock isn't on TV, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Because I think once you say, oh, this is the number one contender, then you need to start bringing Brock on TV. And as you say, where he's got limited dates, then you you want to use that time Preciously, I guess, but I guess you're always going to have fans be like, "Oh, the title should be defended on every pay per view and all this." So, no, it wrong, is a bit wrong. of a catch. <laughs> That's so wrong on so many levels. But um, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I I think their plan going for because the thing we've got to remember is they're kind of in restart mode yeah. where they're rewriting the year. You know, I think. You're right. the The plan is WrestleMania. You want you top your two top guys in the main event, and that at the moment is Brock and Reigns. And getting there, <clears throat> excuse me, getting there, you need to, you know, build both of them up. And we'll get to that in the main event tonight. But um, you know, I think going forward, this is whether Finn is in that in that um, um, speculation. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, if we get on to the, the main card itself, um, obviously we mentioned uh, Mania rematches. So we start with a Mania rematch, which was uh, Chris Jericho against the new face of America, which is Kevin yeah. Owens. I, I loved that on on the ramp, it was just a massive picture of his face and that he purposely didn't walk on it. I thought that was a brilliant, <laughs> little, I thought that was a brilliant little touch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought this. I remember because I saw you obviously put on Twitter that said that you thought this could be better than the Mania match, and to an extent, I think it was. But what were your views? Um, I I don't know if it was better than the Mania match. Um, I I thought it was good. I I was completely um, uh, blown away by the finish because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, but. Uh, Overall, I thought it was good. I, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of, in, I did enjoy it. It was, I don't know. There was a, I felt like it was maybe a bit too similar to the WrestleMania match mm. in some some ways. Uh, I mean, they brought back the finger spot. 
um, obviously. And um, yeah, I, yeah, it was good. I, I don't think I have that many points of the match that really stood out for me personally. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think in general it's a good match, but story-wise I think these two can can tell a fantastic story. Yeah. Like, obviously, the, the callback to the, the finger spot was brilliant. And then Jericho just attacking the finger, which I think was just a stroke of absolute genius. I did I did really enjoy that. Um, I think that was a really good uh, aspect of the match that um, was really interesting. And to be honest, I think it was better than the Mania match in regards to the fact that Jericho kind of needed that win back yeah through for everything that owens has done to him and you know i think it was it was the best um outcome but then it left me a little confused i guess yeah i i agree and i think the thing that i thought was quite funny i think probably about five minutes into this match there was i think it was was the first like with the the finger call back i put on on Twitter or in on, in the Facebook group, like, can anyone remember the last time that Jericho won with the Wolves? And yeah. lo, lo and behold, that's what happened. Um, but yeah, I think as much as I really enjoyed the ending, it did. It was a complete curveball. I'm mm. I'm I'm interested to see kind of where they go because it's obviously it's pu- public knowledge that obviously Jericho's going off with Fozzy towards the end of May. Um, so. My my hoping is as soon as Jericho won, in my head I thought Corbin's winning the belt. So that's what I want to see now. Whether that's what happens, I I don't know because I think AJ's number one contender, isn't he? And I don't think AJ definitely needs the US title because he was in the world title picture for so long. We've seen Jericho AJ a few times, so I'd like to I. I think Corbin deserves the push, to be totally honest. But that's just my that's just my two cents. I don't know how you kind of think things are going to go. Um, yeah, it left me a little bit confused um, with the fact that so Jericho won uh, and he won the title from Owens, so he's now on SmackDown. Um, I mean, yeah, if we look at it, Owens at the moment on SmackDowns. It was kind of starting up the US title invitational type of thing that yeah. Cena was doing, which I was really um, hoping for. And I think I said that in our last talk. But um, now it's kind of left things a bit open because, like you say, AJ's the number one contender. And, you know, to be honest, I think everyone's kind of done with Jericho's and AJ. So. Um, it's just interesting to see where they go from here. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure really. I think you're probably right as far as Corbin getting the, the belt of Jericho. Um, I guess that means that, uh, like Owens will be now in the main title picture, yeah. uh, going forward. Cause I think he should be anyway. It's, I'm just a bit uncertain where they go from here really. That's kind of my main gripe with the main event um, yeah sorry the uh the the title picture i think uh, as i say i think because i think everyone predicted that it would be an, an owens win and obviously this would be jericho then going off on the tour so it, 
it's a, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a, a strange situation that they're in. But since the since the whole brand split, I think SmackDown have done everything pretty well, to be honest. So I, I do have faith in that they know what they're doing, and, and we'll get on to to why I think that obviously with the what happens in the House of Horrors match a little bit later. But yeah, I'd I'm interested to see what what's happening now, but. I don't think I think maybe it could even be on a SmackDown that we see Jericho drop the belt because I think I don't off the top of my head I don't know when the Fozzy Deck tour starts but I know it's it's pretty soon so I know because when when's Backlash? Um, I'm not sure really. Backlash. Well, that's the next pay per view, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure they advertised it um, during the pay per view. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's. Uh, yeah, well, with the way that the the pay per views are, it will probably be in the next two weeks. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, if if, that, if it's sooner rather than later, then maybe Jericho drops it at Backlash. I don't know, but yeah, it's interesting to see because I think obviously SmackDown did re- a really good job of building the IC belt again, but then it kind of faded again once Ambrose took it. So it'd be interesting to see how they build the US title because. Before this match, I think they've done pretty well in putting a lot of their big names in the US title picture. I mean, in that that four was it a four way? You had AJ, Sami Zayn, Corbin. I oh, know it was a triple threat, wasn't it? So it was M three. So mm. they're like three of three of the bigger names in what's supposed to be kind of like the second belt. So I don't know. Maybe they they might make a bigger deal of it than. Than it has been in the hist- in in the past, so yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens, really. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this is the only outcome that kind of left me a bit like, oh, I guess. Well, I wonder where where they're going from here then. Mm. Um, but then, if we move on to the second Mania rematch, which was uh, Austin Aries against uh, the King of the Cruiserweights, Neville. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I I really enjoyed this. I thought. Maybe not quite as good as the the Mania match, but these guys, I think they've got incredible chemistry. Um, They were given enough time to kind of showcase what they can do. There was not any kind of particularly high spots, which I thought was quite interesting for a Cruiserweight match because I think a lot of people think, oh, they're just the guys that do all the flippy stuff. Um, But they, they showed, and obviously what happened at the ending, that these two can tell a really good story um, throughout a match. Just like there was, uh, there was a bit where uh, Aries was climbing the top rope, he kind of lost his balance a little bit, and Neville just kicked the rope. And that that was, I just thought that was brilliant. Um, Neville's facials are just incredible as well. I think yeah. he's he's up there with with Pete Dunne for sneer sneers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought I really enjoyed this match. I think. Could, maybe my match of the night to be honest but yeah what did you think uh well i didn't see the uh wrestlemania match that they had um i thought this was a really good uh showcase for both of them um i i like the story that uh they're kind of telling with this feud that um 
because Neville's been the upper echelon on that sort of division that no one in his in his mind no one can really touch him yeah but um Aries kind of went into it I think they were kind of telling the story at the start of the match that you know whatever you kind of you can do I can do just as good and uh Neville had to kind of kind of heal it up a bit more to get the win over Aries so I think uh I think this is a uh, a good story um to continue I think they'll have uh, a couple more pay-per-view matches hopefully yeah like maybe do a best of or something like that and uh, I think the next time these two should go for uh the the championship is maybe some sort of uh you know gimmick type match I think yeah. that would be really interesting um as far as the match I yeah I thought it was really good again yeah Neville's facials are brilliant um there was like I, I remember specifically uh Aries sold something really weirdly like he was kind of he did a like a Vince McMahon taking a stunner type of sell job <laughs> yeah. on something I can't remember what it was but I just thought <laughs> I was watching that guy that kind of reminded me of that but um, yeah but I, the one thing that I did, what I thought was going to happen, because I don't have you been kind of keeping up with the cruiserweights much, or is it just what you see on Raw? Um, no, I've been I've been keeping up with it vaguely. I yeah. know that I know there's something with TJ Perkins at the he's yeah. a heel now, isn't he? Yeah, because uh, that's kind of what I thought. I thought the the interference would be from from TJ, but. I'm I'm glad that didn't happen, and I'm I really liked the way that we kind of ended the match that we did. That Neville had to resort to grab grabbing hold of the official to to basically break free of the last chancery. I thought that was a yeah. really really nice little touch because I think I, I usually hate kind of like false finishes, so to say, because I I don't get any payoff from them. But this worked really well because I think the. The way that the camera was as well, you could see how close to the rope Neville was, but yet how far, and yeah. that he needed to that interaction with the referee to to break free. Um, and I th- along with the Miz, I think Neville is probably and Alexa Bliss to an extent is one of the best heels in the company at the moment. And since his return, the booking of him has been spot on. I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right as in regards to Perkins because I think if that had happened, then that would obviously lead on to a Perkins Aries feud, which I think they're not ready for that yet. Yeah, I think they need to carry on this feud currently. Uh, I think Aries will eventually win the title uh, from Neville. Um, I, I'm just, uh, I'm kind of worried once. Neville loses the title. What happens to him? But yeah, um, I yeah I I'm glad that didn't happen, and I'm really excited because it it leaves you wanting to see Neville get his comeuppance now, doesn't it? Because yeah. of that false finish, it was almost the same way the uh, Oscar Ember Moon match ended. You kind of yeah. want her to get a comeback. No, I get that, and I think. Because one of my worries, especially with WWE doing it, is the fact that everyone goes on about the the, the amount of talent that WWE have, yet we still kind of see the same combination of matches quite a lot. 
Um, and with the the cruiserweight division, they've obviously only got like a finite amount of guys. So there is that kind of worry of putting Neville and Aries, who are without being being disrespectful to the rest of that roster, but they they are the two top guys in that two hundred five sort of division at the moment. Um, yeah. So the the risk of kind of of ease of putting them two together all the time is there, but I think they've done really well to kind of keep the story interesting. And as you say, like you want you want Aries to finally get that kind of one up on him. Um, so I'm I'm intrigued to I'm I'm interested for a third match because I think there there are feuds sometimes where you, you get a third match and you're like oh this again, but mm. but no I. I think this works, and I'm I'm hopeful to see what happens in the future. And I think it helps the division in general because you're not kind of constantly chopping and changing who the who's going to be up against whoever the champion is. I mean, we saw when when the cruiserweights first came in. I think the belt changed hands like three or four times within the first couple of months. Yeah. Um, so it kind of gives that them a. A platform to to build upon because you've got the the top tier guys and then the guys under like your Jack Gallagher's like your Akira Tozawa's um, that can kind of bubble along underneath. But then once the feud with Neville and Aries is is over, then they've already built a character that can step into that that picture. So yeah, I'm I've I've always kind of had a bit of a soft spot for the cruiserweight. So hopefully that they, they carry on doing things the way they're doing it. Yeah, I yeah I feel bad for them as well. As much as I want to watch, I can't. I, I just don't have time to watch <laughs> yeah, I know this what you mean. amount of wrestling. You know, I think the division definitely needs this feud. And to be honest, I think if they were going to do a third match uh, and it be some sort of gimmicked type match, they need to do it exclusively on that show for people to get their eyes on that um, that 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 program yeah um i think the other problem i mean everyone's got um, an answer to this but i think one of the problems with 205 is that there's not enough wrestling is spot on it's so good um i just think there's not enough memorable characters on it you know yeah. and it's very it's a paper thin roster as well um so they need to somehow build these characters up a bit more whether that be on pay-per-views or on raw um just to get i think they're doing a good job now with this neville aries feud but for it to go forward and for it to be more of a success they need to excuse me um elevate the talent that they have on that show yeah um and then we get on to the royal tag team title match um I thought this was. I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about this match. It was good. It was a good match, but there wasn't kind of anything massive. Well, there's one one massive kind of thing to talk about, but obviously the the nostalgia trip of the Hardys is still kind of very prevalent. Everyone's yeah. still obviously chant doing the broken delete chants and obsolete and. I, I think yeah. I think the crowd are kind of wait just waiting for that to. For, for Broken Matt Hardy to kind of come full full head now. Um, and obviously what happened at the end of this match, I don't know if that could be leading into it. I, d- I don't know. We'll obviously have to 
uh, wait and see. But yeah, what what did you think of the match? Well, can I just say before before the match even started, I really empathize. I mean, I don't know what's happened behind the scenes because there's a lot of speculation about the broken Hardy gimmick and what's happened with that. Uh, you know, there's stories that WWE have already bought it with a lump sum to TNA, mm. um, but then. Uh, Matt won't have the rights to it. It'll be WWE that has the rights to that gimmick. Okay. Uh, so, so watching, I I don't I love it personally. I don't know what your feelings are towards it, but him doing promos, it's almost like on each side of the camera, outside your peripheral vision, there's two lawyers, one from <laughs> yeah. TNA, one from WWE, where he's like. Yeah, I'm broken Matt, but I'm also version one Matt. But yeah. then I'm broken Matt again. You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a litigated tug of war that he's playing with himself whilst doing promos. Yeah, um, no, I get that. Yeah, so I think uh, I think you're right. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the the finish, but I think the plan going forward is they're gonna because obviously this whole nostalgia trip with the hardies is only going to go so far so i think they're going to going to break them up in some form of fashion where uh jeff's going to go into the main event uh picture and then matt's going to be doing the broken matt gimmick which which everyone in you could you could tell in that audience that they're just champing at the bit for yeah so um obviously going into the match a little bit i think I thought it was quite interesting before the match had even started. For some reason, Cesaro decided to do some push-ups in the middle of the ring, which I thought was quite <laughs> quite interesting. But I thought, yeah. in hindsight, that kind of plays into what obviously happened at the end because I think it's just kind of the cocky nature of what the, the Sheamus and Cesaro characters are going to kind of be, that they're, they're just big guys that like to hit hard kind of thing. Um, did you uh, sorry? Did you watch the the backstage thing that they did the interview where they did the question Q and A? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I don't know about you. I just I don't see them as I still don't see them as a. T- I don't think they gel at all. I think they're two very different personas that have been put together, um, which is why I think I personally haven't really got behind them enough yet. The the only thing, my only train of thought was the reason that this kind of happened the way it did tonight is because the Revival are injured. Because I think this was meant right. to be the how the Revival were built and that this, not maybe not a title shot, but this was meant to be kind of the Revival spot that they were the ones that took took out the Hardys. Oh, but okay. That's what, I, I could be jumping to conclusions, but that's what I think was meant to happen. But obviously with... Uh, I think it's Dash is the one that's all, is injured, so yeah, they obviously needed someone to kind of fill that role. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree that they're still they're still almost two singles wrestlers that have just been been lumped together. But I I don't know. I I do enjoy them as a tag team because I didn't think initially I would because I'm I'm a massive Cesaro fan. I still think he should be in the main event picture. To be totally honest, but yeah. But no, I, I'm I just, enjoying them together. To be honest, yeah, I, I mean, I do, I do like them. I think it's just from my perception. It, I think what had happened was they needed to give Seamus a bit 
bit of a because he'd lost so much after losing the belt from Reigns. Like he was in that um, oh God, that that stable with Del Rio and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Like he was put down so below the card. I think him becoming a tag team with Cesaro. I think what they thought was he'll get a rub from Cesaro to be kind of seen in a more in a better light yeah which is why i think they did the tag team um the, their entrance is so i just hate their entrance <laughs> so much. i mean the idea of like okay let's put their two gimmicks together and it will work and it just i mean if you showed that to someone who'd never watched wrestling how would you even explain it do you uh, know what i mean it's, yeah um but yeah anyway this that's enough of me venting but um, yeah, the match. What did you think of it? Well, as I say, like I think there wasn't anything particularly stand out. I think there was obviously the the Cesaro swing spot was okay. It's pretty cool. Um, and again, Cesaro showing his strength. There was a bit where he just completely deadlifted Matt off off the off the mat, which was quite cool. Um, again, the Hardys just kind of doing their nostalgia trip bits, like obviously with the. Uh, the poetry in motion and then Jeff doing the, the whisper in the wind bit to both um, Seamus and Cesaro was pretty cool. Obviously, the main kind of talking point was Seamus kicking Jeff's teeth out, which I thought... Oh, my God. ...looked absolutely brutal. I, I, I missed the spot. What? Because I was... I think at that point I was trying to stay awake, so I made myself a snack, and I missed that entire spot. So could you fill me in what happened? So basically, like... They were right in the Hardy's corner, and I can't I can't remember for the life of me what had happened beforehand. But Jeff had been beaten down, so he was obviously trying to get the hot tag to Matt. But Seamus was stood in between the two of them, and mm. Jeff was kind of like on all fours, like crawling towards his corner, and yeah. and Seamus just full on booted him in the face. But oh, like, but from like the replay, you could see like obviously he was meant to get kind of like. The like the low like the upper chest bit, but his shin caught Jeff like clean in the mouth, so oh. that's obviously not just knocked out one of his teeth. Yeah, I mean, I I was watching it and you know kind of half paying attention. Then when I look back, I I see that Jeff's missing a tooth. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what happened? Yeah. What did I miss? Uh, yeah, I would never get in the ring with Sheamus. No, like, it's just I think he doesn't realise how strong he is in some respects. Yeah, um, I get what you mean. Yeah, terrifying. Um but yeah, the I lo- I quite enjoyed the actual ending of the match obviously. The, I'm not sure if you noticed it, but um there's a bit where I can't remember who it was that got pinned now. Was it Seamus? I think it was uh yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Cesaro. yeah. But I was going to say, or Cesaro. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Jeff was... Yeah, it was. Because Jeff and Cesaro were having a thing on the outside. Um, and then... I, it might have been... I don't know whether Jeff was a little bit concussed because of the kick to the face or something. I don't know. But he got up on the apron um, and was stood in Seamus and Cesaro's corner, like, waiting for the tag. And you could, like... You could hear the ref. This is clearly going to be a botchamania moment because you could clearly yeah. hear the ref turn to Jeff and be like, "You're in the wrong corner." So he had oh, to he, he had to drop down, run round, and get the tag to do the finish, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but again, it was kind of a, a standard kind of 
throwback Hardy's mm. finisher because obviously you had the Swanton on the onto the back and then obviously picking up the win. Um, I liked the heel turn for for Sheamus and Cesaro because. I I think it was unexpected because obviously we'd seen the the show of respect the previous weeks. Um, From my knowledge, uh, Cesaro's never well. I know he kind of came into the company as a heel, but he never he's never really had a massive heel run. Um, So it's a little bit out of character for him. So I I like that that they showed this kind of side of of him, and that it's almost them two snapping because they're fed up of the position they're in sort of thing. Um, where they go from here, because it's now, like, if you think, when the Revival come back, you've kind of got the Revival, the club, and now Seamus and Cesaro as the the three heel tag teams um, who are all kind of similar in a way. So I'd be interested to see where their placing is on the card from that one. Yeah. Um, going back to the Cesaro heel turn, I do remember him. He he came in as a heel originally. Yes, he I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but his heel run with Zayn, Sami Zayn in NXT. Oh yeah. He, he was he was so good as a heel. Like he just thought that Sami was like just below him. He wouldn't even like acknowledge him and stuff. Um, he was great as a heel. Um, I'm just worried that. I guess what you were saying about the revival that makes sense because obviously they're injured, so they need a heel team to go against them. Um, I'm just worried that this is just getting further and further and further away from Cesaro being what everyone wants him to be, and yeah. going into that main event like singles push. Um, so yeah, I guess it it works for the time being. Um, going forward, I guess they'll somehow there'll be deception between the Hardys maybe that breaks them up and then the revival maybe once they get back goes against Cesaro and Sheamus maybe Not maybe sure. yeah As, going back to kind of what we were talking about at the, at the beginning with the the broken sort of stuff I think the way that Matt was kind of laid out at the end you could kind of play into to the broken brand in the fact that he was beaten up so much that his brain has been frazzled again, and that and that makes him broken. Because sure. yeah. like he he was like he was bleeding and stuff, and the and the cameras the way they filmed him was that he was draped over the the ring apron. So it could play out that way, but I don't. Mm. As you say, I don't know how far along everything is with the the legal stuff so i don't know if wwe have full access to that to that character no. yet can i just also say booker t was insufferable during this <laughs> entire pay-per-view like when uh, when they turn heel um and they attack the hardies and booker t just he's okay so now he's a heel announcer like he was going this is what they need to do this is oh he was I just I can't get behind him at no. all. He just he was such a pain to listen to during this entire like he just didn't know where he was and he was bringing up stuff that was completely irrelevant. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this was the peak of my sort of hatred for Booker T's commentary. I think I think I've just kind of learned to to drown him out. To be honest, like yeah, 
because I've I've never been a fan of him on commentary like ever. So maybe maybe my brain has just been like, yeah, you don't want to listen to this guy. I don't know. Hey, well, that's weird because I think a lot of people say, "Oh, the commentary's so bad." Like I'm with you. Sometimes I don't. I've just learned to tune it out now yeah. because it's so bad all the time that I just tend to not listen to it. So whenever they call it a bad spot, I I don't normally listen to it or I forget about it. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It doesn't matter if the world is going mad. If we just hold on, if we just hold on, yeah. Ironically, in the next match, there was a bit that Corey Graves said, which I think was absolutely fantastic. So... Um, right. we'll, we'll get into into the women's match. Um, obviously, Alexa Bliss against uh, Bailey in her hometown. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the entrance very briefly because one Bailey's inflatable tube men thing, whatever. It really annoys me that every single time there is always one that doesn't blow up. And yeah. it's just oh it's just so frustrating. But the thing Bailey has to help it out. Yeah. Just really. <laughs> but the thing it that really... made it even better this time round is when it didn't inflate, the camera panned to Alexa and she just had a face of like, What the hell are you doing? And I thought yeah. brilliant. They've they've kind of nodded to the fact that they always fuck up this entrance. So yeah, yeah that was that was cool. But um the match in general, I think this is probably for me anyway the best that we've seen Bailey since she's moved up to the main roster because I think previously we'd seen her in kind of like uh, different like multi women matches and things like this so it was nice to kind of see her in a one on one that wasn't with Charlotte because I think all the matches she had with Charlotte Charlotte just outshone her so much um, so it was nice to kind of give Bailey that platform. Um, and I, I can't remember who I was, I was talking to about this last night, but we were just saying like whether um, Alexa needed the belt because she's already so over. But yeah. I, I, I argued the fact that it wasn't so much that Alexa needed the belt. It was the fact that Bailey shouldn't have the belt. But I, I don't Yeah, I don't know how you kind of feel about it. No, I completely agree with you, Tim. I think they needed to get the title off of her because they clearly knew, right, we've completely effed up this Bailey push. We just need to just press the restart button. Yeah. Um, you know, actually going back to the entrances, I was uh, when I was watching Alexa Bliss come out, I got the impression that if you put all of her entrances like parallel to each other. I bet she does the exact same thing on the way towards the ring every single time. Because it feels like I see her do the exact same gestures every single time when she <laughs> yeah. comes down, like the kind of like talk to the hand and the kind of smirk and the head head thing. Um, I just I just noticed that, and you know, I I kind of not worry, but you know, I hope she doesn't get too like make it a routine kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I thought this was... Uh, you saying 
this was Bailey's best. I think this might have been Alexa's as well, as far as pay-per-views. Mm. Um, she was absolutely fantastic as it like she got i think there was a lot of crowd participation like during the entire pay-per-view but she was the one that got the most heat and obviously granted it was bailey's hometown but she is such a good heel she's so good at like rubbing the crowd the wrong way and um uh yeah i thought this was probably uh my favorite match at the pay-per-view yeah well, the bit I wanted to, to mention about Corey, because I, I think there was a bit, I can't remember how the build-up was, but there was a bit where Bliss was just kind of stomping down Bailey, um, and she had her by the rope, by the ropes and she just kind of stood on her back. Um, oh, that was it, because she was. there was a period where Bliss was kind of taking full advantage of the, the rest five counts on several different things. Um, yeah. And she was just stood on the back of of Bailey and kind of stomping on her head, but using the ropes as leverage. Um, and Corey said, um, she's making Tony Hawk's jealous with those kind of ollies. And oh, I, that's it. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely perfect. Um, yeah. But as you say, like we've obviously kind of already mentioned Miz and, and Neville. And I think talking of like top hills in the company, I think you need to mention Alexa bliss in that conversation at the moment. Like, I always, every time we do one of these reviews and we're talking about Bliss, I always mention her facials because I think she's brilliant. Like her, her look of disgust is just fantastic. The crowd interaction, like the, when they, I think when they were announcing her at the beginning, the whole kind of really, is that what, what we're doing sort of thing? Yeah. Cause she knows she's good and like as a, as a competitor, but she also wants that, that reaction. So it's kind of, a two-way street kind of thing and it works really well um i think we've discussed this before as well like since the whole brand split she was one of the ones that many people thought would kind of get lost in the shuffle but now she's the first ever raw women's champion and smackdown women's champion so the the company have obviously got a lot of faith in her and i'm i'm really glad because she's still if in the grand scheme of things she's still pretty green and she's still learning um and it's incredible to kind of see her develop at the rate she is, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, sorry, go on. What were you going to say? No, no, no. That's cool. You carry on. Uh, I was going to say that as far as the match psychology, it was just spot on. You know, obviously, uh, Alexa sort of injured the neck early on in the match and she just carried on like going for that neck and, you know, doing various different spots. Her sort of uh, back and forth with the ref I thought was brilliant when she was like counting with the ref uh, while she was pulling the hair was brilliant Um, I loved that sunset Canadian yeah for a spot as well pretty brilliant Um, she is she from when she started which was what like she she debuted on NXT maybe two years ago three years ago she has excelled so much in the last few years. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people will say, oh, well, Bailey, it was her hometown. She should have got the, the win. But I think what we're both saying is is right. I think they need to just restart with Bailey, you know, because they, they know they've messed it up. And 
have her have Alexa be the dominant heel, which is funny because she's like the smallest woman <laughs> yeah. on that roster, and she and you wouldn't even know like your perception of her is greater than what she is perceived. Like she's she's tiny, but she's like a smarmy, cocky, ar- arrogant heel. Yeah, and she she won clean as well, which I thought was even better. Um, you know, there wasn't any kind of schmoz or you know you know um ref bump or anything like that from my knowledge so yeah. i think alexa did amazing in this and bailey as well well one of the things i wanted to mention was obviously the the whole sunset flip like canadian destroyer spot i thought that was fantastic yeah. um i really like i'm well i'm really glad that obviously uh alexa kicked out of the bailey's much a man elbow because i think i don't for some reason, her doing that really annoys me. I don't know why, but... Yeah. It's yeah. just not a finish, you know? It's not a believable... I mean, when I was talking to you, I think we were saying how any move could be a finisher mm. uh, if it's built right, but I just don't think it's... The, she's, Bailey, I don't think, steps enough gears to it to actually be a believable finish yeah it just kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere in a lot of respects so for me it's not believable enough uh at the moment maybe it will once she carries on you know doing her singles run but yeah i'm I'm with you it kind of it didn't annoy me it just it's not a believable finish which is why the wrestlemania match kind of irked me a little bit yeah um, but the thing that I thought was was really good about this because obviously the spot before the very end with um, Bailey going headfirst into the, into the turnbuckle was the fact that it ended on DDT and people I think this was kind of a callback to to years ago because obviously years ago a DDT was a finisher so I thought that was a really kind of nice touch that it didn't take Alexa to do her own finisher to win that it was just a simple move as a DDT because Bailey had injured her, like her neck so badly that that's all it took. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, and as far as finishers go, like I think for her to carry on doing this heel shtick, I think she needs to get rid of that moonsault backflip move, the sparkle splash or whatever yeah. it's called. That's such a baby face move. It's not a heel move. She needs to do maybe it's some sort of submission or like something. I mean, it's just too much of a babyface move for my for my liking. So yeah, so yeah, the finish is the DDT. I, I like that a lot. It's a great the DDT is just a great move. So yeah, I thought it was good. Cool. Um, and then we go on to what can only be described as, in, in my view, as batshit crazy. Um, the House of Horrors. What what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take this as a whole match because I know obviously live it was it was split into two for yeah. some reason but if we if we take it as a whole so um, well actually let's before we get into it let's what what were you expecting this to be before <laughs> the match happened like and as far as it being what you expected and what it was what did you what did you think this was going to be going into it. I I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna be like uh, I, I can't remember who somebody put up on on Twitter about it being do you remember like years ago the the boiler room brawls that they used to have oh yeah 
I thought it was going to be something like that. It was going to kind of start maybe like in the parking lot and they were kind of had erected some kind of stage or like there would be a house kind of thing. Um, And that it would eventually flow into the arena, not be something that was pre-taped in an actual house somewhere. And then all of a sudden we'll get into this a bit more, but Bray has an actual entrance. I thought that was very, (laughs) very bizarre. Um, In terms of what was actually in it, I thought there would be a lot more kind of uh, sort of psychology from from Bray's part, like playing mind games, doing like, like kind of what we saw at Mania, like with the whole sort of maggots in the ring thing. I thought there'd be a lot more of that, but it was just a straight up fight in a house. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I don't. What, what did you think? Oh god, I've got so much to say about this. Well, well, uh, no. If it, like before, kind of, we saw what it was. What did you think was going to happen? Okay, so what I thought was going to happen was pretty much. I thought there would be more psychology behind this. Like I thought it was going to be a cross between, like, delete or decay. Yeah. Mixed with like, some sort of, like some sort of like b-movie horror like the the whole idea of a house of horrors is i my impression of it was going to be that randy had to go through like you know these different rooms and like bray was not there and he was like you say playing mind games and maybe there's like callbacks to randy's like past and you know things that he's done things that actually kind of mess with his head um that's what i expected but what we get is Randy topless in a limo, <laughs> yeah. turning up at a house. I mean, one of the things that really irked me was um, how deliberately pre-taped this was. Yeah. Because from because I wasn't there, obviously, but the, the impression that I got there was that the house was nowhere near where the actual arena was and it was still like daylight during the pay-per-view yeah well i think dave Meltzer tweeted out that how is it midnight no how is it dark there when it's still daylight here yeah and like i think that someone was saying like the actual house was in missouri or something and like the actual <laughs> drive there to the arena would have been like 28 hours or something <laughs> but um yeah yeah so yeah, I don't know how you want to... Do you want to just go into it or... Well, yeah, obviously, like... I think... and I don't know whether this is just because I've been watching a lot more indie wrestling over the years, but there's been a thing in my head that I think has been planted, is that when you see a wrestler that doesn't usually wrestle in jeans, in jeans, you know that shit's going to go down. So yeah. I kind of had hopes. When I saw Randy in jeans, I thought, oh, this could be really brutal. This could be, like... <laughs> wwe pushing the pg boundary a little bit um but then obviously what we got was not that at all we got i think the most kind of brutal thing we saw apart from the the fridge spot was maybe them throwing into a glass yeah do you know what this reminded me of like when they started so what happened was randy just turns up at the house and actually do you know what there was one bit that kind of like was kind of creepy was randy was looking at the house and there was like he was looking for a window and it looked like bray was upside down in the silhouette of the window oh okay i didn't notice that 
I saw that. Well, maybe that, maybe that wasn't what they did at all. Maybe I was just looking way more into it than it was. But what happened? So he goes into the house and Bray's just like there. He's like, oh, hi. He just breaks the door down. This reminded me of like that TV show Cops. <laughs> like when the police turn up at a house and there's like a domestic violence case and like they're just these two like drunk people just beat each other up in someone's house that's what it reminded me yeah. of because like bray's like in a vest and jeans um you know it, he's not creepy in any way he just looks like he's just had the day off really <laughs> um, um but if i'm completely honest i i like the concept i think the concept was good but they just didn't execute it in a way that was very effective yeah and i i think I don't again. I don't know if this is me thinking into things too much, but it kind of felt to me like this was testing the waters for if they let Matt Hardy, Hardy go fully broken. Yeah, that, that's kind of how it felt. Um, the match, quote unquote, itself obviously there wasn't really any kind of spots. There was one kind of cool bit, I guess, where. Bray disappeared and then Randy went into the next room and then Bray punched his arm through through a wall and grabbed Randy by the throat. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. The weird babies hanging from the ceiling. Oh, God, the babies, Tim. The babies. <laughs> I just, if I had anything invested in this match, that just went right out the window as soon as I saw those stupid babies. With, like, someone's use a felt-tip pen... And just like drawn over yeah. their heads, um, it, it just felt like they were just throwing shit at a wall. Yeah, like right, what's right horror movies? What let's think of something horror movies. All right, babies. All right, actual babies? No, no, just toy babies. Uh, there was like a wicker statue. I was going to say there was like the Blair Witch bit. Yeah, they just don't. Oh, it just what really frustrates me as a fan is what. Who is Bray? What's his character? Yeah. Like, is he some creepy dude? Is he a cult leader? Is he the Blair Witch? I don't know. Which, I know, obviously, we've spoken before, like, when we've had Ben on this show, like, me and him have kind of debated about this, because I, I really like Bray, and I know Ben's not the biggest fan, and it's bad, because things like this are making me turn off Bray. Um, yeah. Because you, we don't know what the hell he is, as you said, like... It, if we go on to obviously what happens later on is when obviously we see them fighting in the kitchen which was just a bizarre kind of mix of things anyway <laughs> the frying it, pans oh the frying pans well the bit that got me was when he kind of low blowed him and then Randy just Randy's head just fell into Ray's butt <laughs> I was sort of like what is going on and they're just I both I, they're, I think I put on Twitter that it reminded me of Home Alone watching this bit <laughs> But and then the bit they were they were just both sat in a corner each like panting it was like yeah but yeah. and then obviously you see Bray get into the after he's dropped the fridge on Randy you see <laughs> you see him get in a limo and go take me to the arena and uh, right, well first of all before that he gets a fr- he drops a fridge on Randy there's a there's a camera shot over Randy which I that kind of took me out of the 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 the, the 
than Batch a bit. But like he leaves the house and then he says, "Follow the buzzards," and then the house turns red. Oh god, like, yeah, I forgot lot... about that. Yeah, there's like him and his production. Like Bray Wyatt has like a huge team of production staff that just follow him <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, the house is red now. What does that mean? I don't know, but it looks cool. But like what what you said with the babies, the whole bit with with him getting in the in the limo, that just took me out of it completely. It was sort of like, sure, surely you're the guy that kind of can all of a sudden appear in the ring. Surely you should be doing that, not being driven to the arena. It just yeah, it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. And uh, yeah, and like him being in the the limo and him singing, he's got the whole that just that for me is a. Uh, a red alert of these writers just have nothing for him. Yeah. They have nothing. Like, what? what is his dialogue? Oh, well, he sang this a lot, so <laughs> let's do that. Um, actually, a funny thing that made me laugh was, you know, when he got into the limo and he's like, driver, take me to the arena. Like, I just got flashbacks from the Attitude Era when the limo, the limo <laughs> window comes down and The Undertaker's there and he's like, where to, Steph? <laughs> it's like, ah! that, I, I would have popped huge if that happened. If it was Matt Hardy or something. Yeah, like, where yeah. To? <laughs> but um, yeah, that was it. It irked me. Um, but then obviously we get to the arena, and all of a sudden Bray has a has an entrance, which didn't make oh. any sense either. Like, I get why it was needed to get to where they were with Randy appearing in the ring. But if that match was supposed to be a continuation, surely you should just have him walking down the ramp or crawling down the ramp rather than have him playing his music. I don't, is that, am I thinking too much into that? To to be honest, Tim, I think there's just so much, they, they seem to ask more questions than they they answer. (laughs) And, um, yeah. Well, first of all, when they finished, like I saw a lot of reports that people were just were absolutely bored during this. Uh, people went to go to the toilet, get drinks, or whatever. A lot of people left during this. Oh, say, you know, this was a whole pre-tape that they did before the Samoa Joe Seth Rollins match. Yeah. A lot of people, because you could hear when they came back to the arena, like people were just chanting "boring." So when Bray turned up, I mean, so yeah, Bray does his entrance and, you know, obviously they're, they're still chanting boring. And if we're, if we're going to review this like, as a whole match, like how, like Randy just turned, how did Randy get there before Bray? <laughs> yeah. He had a fridge on him last time we saw him and now he's there. It's, oh. it's yeah. I was like, <laughs> Just none, just none of it made sense. And like the obviously the actual like the in ring bit then afterwards was just mm. I th- I think I'd been taken out of the whole thing, so I just I just didn't care. And I I know it's kind of a bad thing to say, but it's it's bad when the relief is Jinder Mahal. Like <laughs> like don't get me wrong, I I want to see Jinder win the title. Like I think. The way he's been booked at the moment is fantastic. But as I've previously mentioned, I, I love Bray Wyatt. I think he's fantastic. But when you need 
Jinder Mahal to help you win a Bray Wyatt match, which is meant to be his kind of creation, it just none of it adds up, and it just made Bray, in my view, look completely weak. And I think, like what we kind of mentioned with Bailey, now that Bray's on on Raw, maybe this is the time to hit that reset button and kind of start again with Bray. Yeah, but how many times have they already done that? Like, I feel like this is the third or fourth time they've done the, okay, this didn't work, let's restart. You know, it's you're going to just be in Dolph Ziggler mode at this point yeah. where you're just like, you just don't care about him anymore. And it's and I'd be so frustrated if, if I was Bray at the moment with like how, I mean, yeah, you're right. This should have been like his specialty, his match. And he has to get us like a, a smudgy finish like that you know when they when they came back to the ring i thought there would be more potential of like because i think there was like it wasn't long at all like they i think randy got a chair out and hit him a couple times you know i thought maybe they could use a few more weapons yeah something like that and you know with with i I didn't mind too much that it was jinder and uh the bull- I don't know if they're still called the Bollywood Boys, but like those three came out, uh, so that kind of continued on that feud. I mean, they kind of put themselves in a corner by putting Bray on Raw, yeah. Because like, it's like, what do they do now? Yeah, it's, it, it was just really. I'm just worried where Bray goes from here, basically. No, I I totally agree. Like. People were kind of. I, I know when the the superstar shakeup kind of was happening, everyone was going on about uh, Bray and Finn doing a doing a feud, which could could work. But uh, as I say, uh, unfortunately, like this whole kind of uh, before WrestleMania, I I really was looking forward to the whole Randy Bray feud. Um, but now it's just kind of it has put me off Bray a little bit, and I think they do need to do something to pique my interest with him again because otherwise it's just going to be oh here's Bray Wyatt again sort of thing um mm. but yeah I think we'll just have to kind of wait and see what they do but if we briefly touch on on the the Smackdown title picture I know a lot of people kind of don't get why Jinder Mahal is number one contender um but I think a lot of people forget that I think is in a couple of months, maybe less, that they're going over to India. So they need someone who's going to bring in a crowd, like in that sense. Um, mm. And not in all honesty, Jinder's looked really good since he's come back. Like I know everyone kind of jokes that he's like the human vein and everything, but <laughs> but his matches haven't been too bad. And now that he's been put with the Bollywood boys. I'm I'm interested, so I'd quite like to see him win the title. To be honest, I mean, I get, I don't agree with a lot of the, the the whole. A lot of the internet has been going. Oh, Jinder's a jobber. Why is he going for the title? You know, he's rubbish and stuff. But if you like, if you look about, look at it legitimately. Like, if you look at that that number one contendership match. Like he was probably the best person to go with because if you, they've clearly got plans of Zayn. So if you put him against Orton, you know Orton's going to beat him, and it's just going to devalue Zayn. So they need to still 
they need to keep building up Randy to be a more legitimate, you know, champion. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, you have to put in roadblocks for him. And Jinder's a potential person that they can beat, Randy can beat, that elevates Randy a little bit more, but it doesn't, they don't lose any value from some of the other stars that they're actually building. So I think he's perfect for it. And I, I've heard all the stories about, you know, them going to India and they need a new star. I'm sure that is uh, another reason for that as well. But the way I, I think they've done a brilliant job with Jinder, like as far as him being like a smarmy, you know, kind of like gets his cheap shots in, like needs the help of the Bollywood boys uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's looked really good, you know. And I think going into this paper, I, I guess it's uh, is it backlash yeah. that they'll be. I th- I think Jinder, ironically, is going to get a bit of a, a bit of a um, a pop for, you know. I think he's going to go in like with a lot of people behind him. Yeah, and um, and then obviously in the middle of the the House of Horrors match, we had uh, Seth Rollins against Samoa Joe. Um, I thought the more this match kind of went on, the better it got. I think I've kind of grown a bit bored of Seth Rollins, to be totally honest. I agree. Yeah, he's like... and I don't know whether this is down to him still not being 100%, but he's kind of become very vanilla in the fact that you can kind of almost predict how his matches are going to be, what he's going to do... Um, I think the saving grace of this match was Samoa Joe. I think everything he did in this match looked fantastic. Like uh, it really showcased how athletic he is. It showcases how like how much of a monster he can be, but it also showed how technical he can be as well. Um, so the ending for me was a bit sour because I think Joe should have gone over um, because this was, if I'm right in thinking, this was Joe's first main roster pay-per-view I, I could be oh no because he had one against Sami Zayn didn't he mm. um but yeah I still think Joe should have gone over but yeah I don't know if it's just the way that Rollins is booked or if it is the fact that he's still not 100% fit or if he's not taking as many risks as he used to but or it's just the fact that he's now a face I don't I don't know it's just how, how do you kind of feel about <laughs> I think I think it's a larger issue, to be honest, Tim. I think I think it feels like WWE are just too hesitant to just push someone. They need to do fifty-fifty booking constantly, which devalues everyone. They can't because I think in their mind it's like, well, if we beat this guy, then he's going to lose some stuff because they they lack so many stars that they need to kind of almost book everyone equally. Yeah. So it makes everyone uh, just literally on the same level. So when someone gets a win, that other person loses so much more, you know, and that's what we've been seeing for a lot of... Because uh, I've been I've been going back during the Attitude Era and watching some of those matches, and the way that they booked is so different to how they book now. Just like yeah. they literally go, right, these are our top guys... We're going to build them up, like, having great matches with each other. And they had, like, compelling storylines and stuff going into pay-per-views. But I'm I'm, I'm with you with Seth. I feel like something has happened. 
I think the the baby face turn didn't help him at all. Mm. I think they did it really badly. Um, and it feels like he's had to work twice as hard to get people behind him. Um, I thought the match was good. Uh, way too many dives. I'm so sick of dives. <laughs> um, I used to really love that uh, Seth Rollins triple dive spot when he was in the Shield. Yeah. Um, now... I'm not sure. There's something lost with Seth at the moment. There's there's something just not there. Um, I was originally annoyed with the finish, but looking back, looking back now, you know, they they clearly have a lot invested with Seth, so they couldn't beat him clean as much as they really want Samoa Joe. I mean, I think Samoa Joe will be fine. Yeah, because uh, he is very dominant. Um, so I wasn't too, I mean, the finish was just a bit hokey, but you know, I don't think anyone really lost anything, but then the problem is no one really gains anything from it. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, apart from the, the kind of, there was one dive that I did appreciate was seeing Samoa Joe do a suicide dive. Cause I think a guy his size doing it as well as he does is, is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. and the fact that, I know we've we've kind of said that Seth hasn't really grabbed the attention as well as he might have, but I think the story of of his like the damage of his knee is still played really well. I mean, obviously Joe targeting it throughout the match, um, kind of false spots of him sort of trying to pick Joe up and not being able to because of the knee, um, and just Seth's general selling of it, I think is is quite good. Um, yeah. But how long can you hang a storyline off off an injured knee sort of thing? So it kind of goes yeah. to what you said, like nobody kind of gains anything. Um, as you say, the, the finish, the only thing that annoyed, like, as I said, I think Joe should have won. It annoyed me because of the way that it was done. I think, as you say, it was a little bit hokey and the fact that if you were in that position and you were Samoa Joe and you could hear the ref counting, then surely you just let go. Um, but again, I think that's maybe me thinking into things a little bit too much. Um, yeah. And now again, I don't, we've got both to these two guys who, in my opinion, Samoa Joe is, is Stonewall, the future champ. Like, he's got to be in the main event of picture sooner rather than later. Um, and obviously they want to have Rollins in that picture as well. So I don't know where they're going to go with, with either of them now. It's just because obviously I think it kind of goes again with the fact that you haven't got the champ on TV at the moment. So there's just this massive kind of shuffle for, for position almost. Yeah. I think what they need to do is I think this this feud with Rollins and Joe is clearly not over, which I think is good. I think they need to carry it on and just build it a bit more. Because this is obviously, I, this is their first match, right, that they've had? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I think they've got potential in the next couple of weeks of Raw or whatever. They they get Joe to just like, just really beat the hell out of Rollins, you know, just play up the fact that he's like this, you know, monster heel and... You know, for Rollins to do to get the to get that win back, you know, kind of like what he did with Triple H. But I think, unfortunately, with that case, it was just 
too little too late because of how because of the injury yeah. and you know Triple H not being on TV and stuff like that so I think this is a good way to actually get Rollins over as a sympathetic babyface yeah potentially like as you say I think they've kind of missed the trick with with turning Rollins face I mean when he initially first came back from his first injury they should have had him babyface right from the off I think rather than trying to put him as a heel and then it kind of everything with the whole babyface thing just kind of went a bit south I think um yeah but yeah may I don't know maybe if you continue this feud with with Joe maybe have in the coming weeks on Raw just because Joe's lost, he's so sort of angry and furious. Just have him beat down Seth continuously and almost make Seth kind of a, a Sami Zayn kind of role in that he can't get get the job done, but then on a big pay-per-view, he finally gets that, that payoff. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up as well was like, so, so Rollins now is on his third finisher, he's he's already had two finishers and now he's got this new finisher which is called the Kingslayer I believe oh is that what it's Uh, actually called I think so because they they basically marketed Rollins around the fact that he beat Triple H at Wrestlemania which I think is absurd but if you're looking at as a kayfabe right so Rollins has had numerous injuries to his leg and now he's got a finisher which uses his knee. <laughs> yeah. And I just, like, if the, if this was, ri- like, you would not do that, would you? I mean, obviously, yeah, it looks cool. Uh, but I just don't think it's a very, if, if it was me, I wouldn't use that because obviously of the potential that it would do to my knee. Yeah, I didn't, to be fair, I didn't really think of it like that. But yeah, I get why I think- they've given him another finisher because obviously, like, now he he's kind of done with Triple H, so he's not using the pedigree, which yeah. I, I get that. And obviously the curb stomp is a, a kind of a um, a blacklisted move now as well. So they they obviously kind of needed to give him something. But I, I don't know. I just think as a move in general, it, it doesn't look that great. Um, so, Do you mean uh, Rollins doing it or just a move in general? Just, well, just, yeah, maybe. In, like uh, I think... Because I remember seeing something, there was a thing saying that Rollins stole it from Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega looks it made it look like a million bucks, but it's not his finisher. It's just a straight knee to the face. Whereas yeah. if Rollins is using it as a finisher, I think you need to have something a bit more to it rather than he's just kneeing a guy in the face kind of thing. I think there needs to be a bit more build-up to it, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just him kind of testing the waters with it before there's there is a proper build up to it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, and then finally we get onto the main event of uh, Braun Strowman against Roman Reigns. Um, straight off the bat, I'd love just want to say loved seeing Braun in the main event. I think he's thoroughly deserved it. Um, he's obviously. I think everyone who is a wrestling fan has said that he's easily one of the most improved people on the whole roster. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I just really enjoyed seeing him in that spot. Yeah, I agree. I think he he definitely deserves it. They have built this guy up so strong. 
they clearly have a lot invested in him. Um, I, I mean, I haven't been following Raw very closely, but I, I know like what the story between Roman and Braun has been. I mean, the promo package at the start just. It's it's hilarious, like how <laughs> far he will go to destroy Roman Reigns. Like first he injures him backstage, then he's stretched out, then he injures him again. Then <laughs> it's almost like a cartoon. Then he's in the ambulance, and then he comes, injures him, and then tops over the ambulance. Yeah. It just, I, 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 it was just uh, I haven't seen anything like that since the Attitude Era. Yeah, it was it was very sort of Attitude Era esque sort of booking of it um yeah but i think even though it is obviously like super over the top it kind of works which is nice like because you obviously the the whole tipping over of the ambulance thing like it's just so far-fetched but then it's almost that kind of well he could probably actually do that because he's fucking huge kind of thing so so yeah, I, I, as you say, I think as if WWE keep going the way they're going with Braun Strowman, then I'm totally fine with that. Like, he's probably one of, if not the best well-booked person in the whole company at the moment. Oh, for sure. Uh, that said, I had a real big problem with the, uh, the fans tonight as far as the whole Roman stuff is concerned. In, in, in what aspect? So over. Well, I mean, let's look at this, right? So Roman has been the way they put Roman is just typical, perfect like underdog baby face, right? Yeah. So you know he's been beaten down, beaten down, beaten down. The guy's been beaten down three consecutive times by this guy with no remorse. Then he like legit um, has to go away. Because unfortunately, he his his brother passed away, yeah. so he's away for a, a long time. And he comes back, and he still can't get any cheers <laughs> yeah. at all. That is almost. I want to just give the, a round of applause to them because of how much they put him as a baby, baby face. He can't go for as a baby face. And I think a lot of the a lot of the times it's it's a whole like oh it's it's cool to boo Roman Reigns. There's nothing to boo him about, you know. I I still I just don't get the Roman hate still. Uh, yeah, but, I I I agree with you. Like I think I think because obviously like what happened at Mania, I think some people are still kind of oh you've you've ended the Undertaker's career, yada yada yada. So yeah. they're a bit precious about that, but we we've said when we're, when doing this before that as much as people hate rain, well quote unquote hate rains, like to boo him, whatever you want, he's a good performer. Like and even like we saw it like with this match, like okay, he has his like Superman moments where it's just ridiculous the things he kicks out of and the the things that he comes back from, mm. but he can sell really well and he can he can can put on really good matches that this may not have been his best match but i think in terms of the angle of him being injured and braun being this monster he reigns did his job that he he was taking the bumps he was 
look it like he looked strong when he needed to look strong, but he looked weak and frail when he needed to. I think I'm I'm totally on board with you. Like he's still not my favorite wrestler by any means, but I don't get why there's still this wave of hate towards him. Well, I think it's two different things. I think you brought it up just a minute ago. They they booked him at WrestleMania to be one of the most over people in the company. And what does he get? He gets booze. Now they want to book... Then they do the, the Raw after WrestleMania and he comes out and he's just, you know, being a smart ass, you know, with the fans, how he dominated The Undertaker. Now they're booking him as a sympathetic... It's like, make a decision... What is he <laughs> like? How if you if you if you're frustrated with the fans um, booing him, like why on earth would you just? It's just this flip flopping between <laughs> yeah. heel and face, and no one no one knows whether to boo. I mean, they boo him because they don't like his booking mainly. Yeah, it, it's just make a decision, you know. And um, if we get into the the match itself, obviously. The main kind of storyline of it was that obviously Reigns was injured. Um, to be fair, I can't really remember too many kind of big spots apart from obviously what happens later on. Um, and I remember obviously Reigns coming straight out the gate with a couple of right right hands, um, kind of doing his Superman esque bit. Um, but in in general, I think it was just kind of a a, just a general good match. I don't know if you kind of had any any other views of it. Well, I think the story going into it was, you know, the was Roman was heavily injured mm. uh, on the shoulder and stuff, and and you know, Roman was trying all that he could to kind of dominate over because obviously when he when they went straight into the match, you know, Roman went straight for him before the bell even went, and uh, you know that was kind of him going right i have to somehow dominate um or overpower this guy so i need to go straight into it and the whole story of the match was you know roman trying all he can to you know overcome the odds and um i i think the story going into this was really good uh, braun looked so dominant like he would just just kind of i mean Roman had a couple of hope spots during the match and I mean unfortunately no one was behind it so there wasn't any heat for that yeah uh, but you know as far as uh braun looking strong he he looked fantastic I thought um mm. I think you're right there wasn't many there wasn't that many memorable spots from what I remember um I mean I don't know do you do you do you have any other thoughts on it well the the one kind of note that i i had was there was a bit where uh reigns was kind of hitting his his flurry of superman punches um mm. got the cover and then to kick out braun literally just pushed reigns onto his feet which i thought was was a really good kind of imagery because it was almost like i'm, I'm not going to kick out i'm literally just going to shove you onto your feet kind of thing um, which again was just showing how how well they're kind of booking Strowman, and again it shows how well Reigns can work. But um, yeah, I think in general that the story was the match rather than the match making the story, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. 
obviously the the power slams at the end. I don't think it was necessary for for Reigns to kick out of the first one, and then for Braun to do a second one. I think it should have just done done the one, and then that kind of be be it because then that would have even further cemented um, Braun's dominance. Um, before we get on to what actually happens, sort of once the bell had rung, uh, something that I'm quite interested to kind of hear your view on. The way they're booking Strowman is obviously he's this massive dominant person and a lot of people, obviously the immediate thought is give him the belt, but the way they're doing it, I don't think he needs needs a title, but do you see Braun with a belt maybe, if, if we take a, a wrestling year, so between now and next WrestleMania, do you think we'll see Braun with a title run? Uh, what between now and WrestleMania? Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. I don't think he needs the belt. I think that if anything, the belt would just be a hindrance on him. I think they need to just carry on having. Uh, I think they need to let Brock have that title until WrestleMania, and him to, um, you know, whenever he has a match, just be absolutely dominant, and him to be like. I don't need to come here. I don't even really care about this time. I'm so good, and you know, I'm just a the a force to be reckoned with. Um, the the way they're, they're they're building Braun is perfect. They need to carry on doing this. If anything, he's kind of turning to be a face, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I it's it's interesting i don't know where they go from here as far as the main event picture because who have you in the main event you got. On Raw, you got uh, Brock, Braun, Roman. Um, yeah, I I'm not sure really. Yeah, um, I think they 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 need to keep the. I think they still have a. They probably still have another match, Roman and Braun, where Roman will go over Braun. It'll be kind of fifty fifty again. But I think they need to keep because the way they finished the match. I think it meant that Roman was going to go away for a while and then he's going to have his comeback in maybe a couple of weeks or so. And then at the next Raw pay-per-view, maybe they do some sort of gimmick match mm. and Roman gets the win over him. Because I think between if they do that, between now and then, they need to have Braun just do exactly what they've been doing, where they just where he steamrolls over people, jobs people out, whatever it may be yeah and obviously we after the the match was won obviously we saw Braun uh attract, attacking Reigns a bit um looking in hindsight this I was completely sold on this um but I genuinely thought Reigns was legit hurt um oh blood pack city yeah I I I genuinely thought this this was real like because I thought I don't, yeah, I don't. Uh, no, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was real, but the imagery was very kind of. It almost felt like the finish to the Brock Randy match, where it was like, oh, well, this has got kind of out of control. Yeah. And the story that they were telling was that he, you know, he he's so, um, I guess, um, he he's so. Um, I don't know what the word is, but basically he 
he wants to go out on his own two feet. Yeah. He doesn't need anyone's help. He's, you know, he wants to overcome the odds and stuff. And they're trying to build that story with him where he's going to overcome the odds with Braun after yeah. you know, everything he's been through. Uh, but the the imagery, I I saw it and I was like, oh wow, that looks pretty. Although him and Blood Packs, uh, I think maybe one of the commentators gave him. <laughs> no, do you remember that when uh, Roman got the Blood Pack off of Byron Saxton? No. You not see that? It was when uh, Triple H and Reigns were having. It was on Raw before WrestleMania two, I guess. Okay. And. Uh, you know, Triple H was beating him from the outside and there was this fan footage of Byron handing Reigns a blood pack to put on it in his mouth and uh, it went on the internet and it was it was just really funny. Oh, just, it was so nonchalant, like, here you go. Is that oh thanks mate. Just <laughs> like, no, I never saw that. But I think the bit I think the reason I thought obviously I'll get into why I I twigged that it wasn't, but because after the, the second sort of uh, still, not still chair, stair chop to, to the sternum. I remember that you saw Braun walk off and there was a shot of Reigns kind of curled up and there was just a spot on the, on the mat and I thought, I thought to myself, is that blood? And then obviously you see him turn over and then you see all the blood and I was like, oh shit, like, is this, is he genuinely hurt? Um, but did you see what happened on Raw Talk afterwards at all? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so basically, once they the pay per view went off the air, Raw Talk started immediately, um, and you saw Reigns sort of walking backstage, um, and they were taking him towards an ambulance with um, Finley and a couple of other people, um, and literally just as he's like about to get in the ambulance, out of shot, you just hear Braun go, "I'm not finished with you," and just come <laughs> charging in. Um, and literally takes off the ambulance door, um, but Reigns moves out of the way, and then Reigns ended up getting Strowman like in the other ambulance door and like slamming it against him. So I was like, oh, okay, right, it's it's a work, like it's yeah. A, but yeah, I th- I thought that ho- the whole kind of build at the end was it was one of those moments when you think, oh god, like as you say, kind of with the with the Randy Orton Brock thing, like. Has it gone too far? But I'm I'm really enjoying this this feud, and I'm because initially with this second match, I thought, okay, they've booked Braun really well, but we've already seen Randy and uh, not Randy, sorry, Reigns and and Strowman go at it. We know what's going to happen. Super Reigns is going to win, but we now have that that third rubber match, and I'm interested to see where it goes. So. Hats off to WWE for keeping me interested, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think going into this, I was a bit sceptical. I was like, when I saw him come out in the bandages, I said to myself, if they book him to win this, I mean, it will be overlaid on Reigns' hate because the fact that he's injured with, uh, you know, internal injuries or whatever it may be and still get over Braun Strowman after everything that they've done with him being built would have been the worst decision. And I think the way that, to be honest, I'm kind of glad I didn't see that raw, um, raw talk segment because the way that they ended the pay-per-view with Roman being so, um, 
sort of dominated and having all the injuries. I think that was perfect. And the fact that Roman still got over Braun in some capacity, even though he's been like heavily injured to the point where he's bleeding internally, but still gets, you know, some sort of win over Braun yeah. in some respects kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Like we still have to keep Roman strong. Um, you know, just, uh, I just hope they don't do that going forward. Cause obviously the whole point is to keep, to make Roman look strong. Like yeah. Roman is going to win this feud. So he's more of a threat to Brock in the future. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's quite a compelling feud. Um, I think they need to just carry on the way that they're going. Um, book Roman smart rather than just, you know, hot shotting him with like, you know, clean wins for no reason. So, um, uh, so yeah. Cool. Um, and as always, just like to, to finish on what your, your highlight of, of payback was. So, but I wouldn't say it's a highlight, but I th- I'd say for me personally was the kind of, the almost realism of the ending that that kind of thought of is Reigns genuinely hurt. As I say, if I hadn't seen Raw talk afterwards, I probably would have still be here thinking, oh, is he actually genuinely hurt? Um, but yeah, that was for me, that was kind of the perfect ending for, for the pay-per-view. So for you, what was your, your highlight? Um, so my highlight was probably... Uh, the as far as matches, I think my favourite match on the card was probably Alexa Bailey. I thought yeah. that was brilliant. Um, I thought they told a really good story. I love the finish to the Reigns Braun match. As far as what this pay per view is going to be remembered for, it's going to be that that horror house of horrors <laughs> match for yeah. sure. This will this will probably go down with the likes of the kennel of hell match the um i'm trying to think of it like just some of those overbooked gimmick matches that like all these like wrestling podcasts write review and joke over yeah that's what this is going to be remembered for i think uh and yeah it's it sucks that that had to happen to bray and randy but you know what it was it was funny <laughs> uh, it didn't make any sense, uh, but you know what? We're we're wrestling fans. We watch some of the most ludicrous things in the world. So, um, I I liked how it's like with a lot of horror movies, like how ridiculous they are. It kind of almost makes you empathise with them in a yeah, way. Yeah, I, and I got that a little bit through this match. Um, I think that'll be what this because let's be honest if that match wasn't on this card this would not have really been a memorable pay-per-view in yeah. my opinion no 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 i agree with that um but the fact that it was on uh just made it it's i might just watch it again because of how <laughs> ridiculous it was uh, but yeah uh so yeah i'd say um overall i thought this was a okay pay-per-view yeah um, uh, a lot of the finishes were ones I didn't expect, uh, but then I think that was a good thing. Um, uh, yeah, it just uh, I'm kind of intrigued of where they go from here. Yeah, uh, because it seems very 
Um, it seems a bit unsure where they're going, but that's uh, what kind of intrigues me about it. Mm. Well, I think, as you say, they're kind of still a little bit in restart mode after um, after WrestleMania. But yeah, obviously, the the next time we'll be doing one of these will be the SmackDown pay-per-view of Payback. Um, I, I've got some higher hopes. Not, not that... Um, I said Payback, didn't I? Sorry, Backlash. Um, they're all the same. Yeah. Like, are you excited as Great Balls of Fire? Oh, God, what? <laughs> what is that about? Yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think, like, not saying that Payback wasn't a good pay-per-view, but I think I've I've got higher expectations for Backlash, just purely off the back of the whole Jinder Brandy thing. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I guess yeah. we'll just see how things progress in the upcoming it, weeks. Yeah, is that the... Um... Is that Nakamura's debut match at Backlash? I, I believe so, yeah. I'm I'm assuming it's against Ziggler. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed yet, though. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I hope they... Because I don't know if you've been watching SmackDown, but I'm I'm all, I'm already getting worried about him. I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit worried that uh, they're going to book him in a way that is a detriment to him. But, okay. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. In, uh, We'll see in backlash. But yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure we'll have plenty of plenty to talk about it uh, oh, for yes. backlash. But um, Maz, thank you again once again for joining me. So it's been a pleasure as always. Absolutely, Tim. Thanks very much cool. for uh, uh, sharing your thoughts on um, payback. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be um, shame we don't have another House of Horrors match for uh, backlash. But... <laughs> oh well, you never know; it could still happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Take it easy, dude. All right, you too, man. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. folks two title changes and a house of horrors match making for what was all around a pretty solid pay-per-view in my opinion um thanks again to maz for joining me and i'm sure it won't be the last time that we hear from him as he's got some pretty good views in in my opinion uh, regarding the wrestling um but as always with the pay-per-view shows love to hear your thoughts of it um and what you think the storylines are going to be going forward in the next couple of weeks um so let us know over at twitter at just underscore and underscore insight uh using the hashtag jai pod uh next week's episode i'll be speaking to uh the liverpool death metal trio which is dawn raid um i recently caught up with them when they were doing their little run of shows with venom prison um and they came down to Brighton so I managed to catch up with them guys so yeah keep an eye out for that um, a little bit of boring housekeeping regarding the next couple of episodes um, my full time job that I do uh, my boss has recently left so it's effectively left myself and one other colleague in charge for the next six weeks um, so I'm going to be pretty busy uh, doing dealing with that probably super stressed out as well um, so the release time of the shows for the next couple of weeks might be a bit sporadic uh, especially with uh, kind of elections and stuff coming up so could be working late um, and next week especially I'm off to Norwich to see the WWE UK shows um, so I really appreciate everyone's support and all the feedback that I've been given in the show so far and everyone tuning in um, but please bear with me for the next few weeks I'll try and get stuff out as regularly as I have been doing 
but yeah just bear that in mind um also one more thing before i go uh i said i'd give my brother another shout out so uh he actually is the person that produces the music f- uh for the intro and the outro of this show uh under his ohn alias um and he's actually in the process of writing and recording some new material so if you guys could go check him out give him a shout out give him some love um head over to facebook.com forward slash ohn um but for now ladies and gentlemen thanks again for joining me on the just an insight podcast and i'll see you soon